way of uh, introduction to the kinnis and the marshav uh, and the mood of Tishabot, the Pelayets. Surprisingly, has a lot on Tishabot, and the surprising part is that he focuses mostly on something which we would think is above our Madrego. And he asks us, oh yeah, it uh, didn't live that long ago. He's talking to the people in his time, in his area. It's Sephardi, uh, they lived uh, in the sixth area. It's not a Shiloh, a Hergish, or a Maseira of one particular Kehillah. And he talks basically about Tsar uh, Hashchina and our to try to picture that to bring us to Marshava and Matzava Avelis, how even if the personal Matzav is okay and the security is okay and the general situation is stable, all that could uh, fool somebody into thinking that Tishabov and the Avelis is not really Shaykh and it's not so bad. His Lushan, the beginning, he says, His Indian of Avelis Lachurban every day. The Yidin who still say Tikan Chatzais. In our schedules, often uh, the Elam is up uh, near Chatzay. So somebody asked me uh, if he doesn't feel he's holding Bantik and Chatzay all year round. They said there's holding for the whole thing, sitting on the ground and uh, crying. And then there's mentioning you're up anyway. It's uh, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. Uh, stop for 10 seconds and say one puzzle. Something. The reason why we find it more difficult than Tisha is the rest of the year we have Hesachadas. So... The line before this is about the general chiv of Avelis and the Churban, but he says, Befrat, Chazal, or Meyachid, something, and it's not Chazal making it a kind of It's clear from Rashi that the original Gzeiro was not on the Eden in the Midbar alone. The Bechila Deris was Nikva on Tishabov, and without getting into Bechira and uh, what was Basharat, what wasn't Basharat, they basically made would survive, would not last, would not last, would last, and we can uh, survive in one gullus, but not two, and then we have a second one, where was all this uh, preordained, so to speak. So preordained is a difficult word, because the Maisad is Bechira, but Rashi clearly says that the understanding of is the Gezerah and the Midbar, was on the Dar Midbar, by Yisrishan, by Yashani, Rabbi has a famous uh, Arichus uh, two or three times in this uh, Sefer on Chumash. He says that by Yashani was really a Hemshech of Bayes Rishon. A Hemshech lasted four centuries, but it never really went that smoothly. We were missing the Chamisha Dvarn, we were missing the Vua, and that Hemshech was just to prepare us for the long and bitter goals after that and without Bayesheni without the ability of Rabbi Yudanasi to stop putting down Teresh Malpeh 
without uh, the relative uh, security and Bayashani, which was very little love, but compared to what was going on afterwards, we wouldn't have survived until now. So there's cause for hope there, but there's also the idea that it's almost one long Hurban, the Karsh Baruch Hussavtacha, the Klai is going to survive. So, Mamela, we need to have certain things in place that uh, Tera has to survive, the Messiah has to survive. And even if it's also to put down Tera Shabal Peh, Hashem means we have to ensure that survival. So, Bakker says the entire Zaman of Bayashani was a hachana for the continuation of the Golas. It's everything in a different perspective. And the next part is even more nagat to us. He's Maramis over there without uh, paskening and with the full tefillahs that it not be so. But uh, the fact that uh, we have the rest now after the uh, most recent Hurban, uh, now uh, it's 80 years ago, and the fact that afterwards we're given a mokum of uh, peace and tranquility in Israel relative to what was going on, and certainly in America. We hope that's not a preparation of things to come, and that largely depends on our schusim and our focus that we're not there yet, even if we're in Eretz Yisrael. And he specifically refers to the Matzah of Eretz Yisrael. And uh, there are those, if we haven't noticed yet, Chaznish uh, and the Biskarov, so Kamas Medina that uh, they don't think it's going to really be around more than 70 years. So, Chacham Adav Minavi. So, what does that mean? It doesn't mean they're davening for trouble, Rachman Litzlan, and uh, the schus of everything going on there is because there are people who are innocent, that people are keeping mitzvahs, and there are a lot of people learning, Baruch Hashem. So, nope. What happened after 70 years? As we're standing here now, in the last uh, number of years and election cycles, they can't uh, really form a government. And that's not changing. So that's the best form of the forward-looking sort of Ruach HaKadosh and the Biskor of Nechaz Nish that uh, stable it's not going to be. And if it's stable that we think that we've arrived and we're here and everything's good, so that's a basic misunderstanding of what Avelis Lechurban is really about. So that's the... First line, it's all in the first line of the Peliyah, it's here. It's about Tzar Shemayim, and Tzar Shemayim means that uh, Klai Yisrael and the Bonham Shemokim don't have the ability to do the Avaita correctly. We don't have a Beis HaMittish, and we're not in the place we're supposed to be for Inyani Kedusha. Beis HaMittish, Yetzav Yetzav Shara Yomim. Hinei so the next step is that we find it difficult to see that this is caused by our mistakes and our averis. And it's not really something that many people feel they could do to really physically, outwardly, and inwardly cry. Some Sefer didn't live that long ago. They say over that he cried to the extent that he filled up cups, not a metaphor, it's not a marshal, filled up cups with tears. So in just a few hundred years, how far we have come in the uh, wrong direction. 
Some safer in Pressburg, uh, things were so uh, dangerous, things were so bad. Some safer is such an important mice over here. In terms of stability and rights and the ability to make a little panasa and gullus till America, some safer's tukufa happened to have been the better of most of the tukufis. It's important to It's easy to understand somebody in Auschwitz is crying. Sam Sefer lived at a time of relative calm. It's the beginning of Ascala, so things were getting out of control. But in terms of vis-a-vis the Goyim and other persecutions, it was about as good as it got. And the Sam Sefer didn't really look at it as a tikkun, very happy that they're able to uh, have terror mitzvahs without open persecution. But it didn't affect his view on where we are and where we're not in uh, Gullah's conditions. And Paliyetz already not that long afterwards sees that most people find that very difficult. So he suggests, Let's do what we can. Should try to at least open up our minds to hear the malachim that are crying, but called Rama Yalala Rabat Sakal Gadala Mara, the Liba Yacha Bikirba La Shagaram Kal Kachar Lavivalimai. And the part I think we could identify with is picture in your mind that you will mitzire your mother and your father. Or maybe even better yet, picture in your mind the time that you were. Picture a real mice and how bad hopefully you felt afterwards that not only were ever keep it of aim, but you, you caused them tzar, just the emotional standpoint, how uh, jarring that should be. And in Shemayim, the Malachim realize the tzar hashchina, and that should be ma'eras, at least to be able to focus, at least for one day. Three weeks led to nine days, the Shur Shachabai. One day is a whole day. And at the end of the Shtikl, he mentions that a lot of people, and he says, just Amaratzis, and we have to just correct the people because they mean well, that they think uh, after Chatzais, the common child, what changes at Chatzais? Nothing really. Gavelis is a din all day. Chatzais, because Israel general is uh, optimistic based on the Klolom of Bitochem Namunu. We have to be. We should be. So we try to show some remez, a tiny remez that we're coming to a point, there's going to be a Nechaman, there's going to be a Shabbos Nachmus. After Chatzais, we sit on a chair. That's about it. And those who have to work, it's Hashem uh, Sunday in this country, so not Nageyav, those who have to, if they're doing something that has Chadas, they do it after Chatzais, these are minhagim, dinim don't change. And apparently there was a misunderstanding of that concept of the focus of the entire day already in the time of the Pelayets, and he speaks to it. He says, Yes, the minig is sitting at Karka. He says, You have to remember though that the dinim don't change, and the Gemara says Beferish that there were Amarayim later on that said that had they been around by the time of the Takana, they would have made Tishabov on Yud Ba'av, because that was Rav Minyan and Binyan literally got burnt on that day. It just started right before Shkia 
on Tishabov. This year, that should speak to us and help us as well. We are in Asiri. So, if anything, picturing in our mind what was going on, the, the Ica damage was, was today. Uh, this is the source of many people ask about tonight. So the dividing line is very simple, and, it, and it's to understand the focus of the Avela should be such that to switch gears, being an oval all day, national level, to go to Inyani Simcha the night after, even if it's you, it's just not proper. It's in Congress. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't fit. And that didn't all year round. Somebody goes to the Kaisel, then I'll bust Yayin that night. So anything to do with Simcha, Basar Yayin music, is also even tonight, even though it's Yud. The Nihuge Nivel, which are real Hilchus Avelus, so that already, since it's a day later, laundry and shaving and haircuts and the like, that's mutter because that's not an expression of simcha, that's just nivel. That's the pushup shot in the dividing line. People said it's not clear about the music, it's pushup that that's the, uh, that's the chiluk. So, mamela, a person will only feel that how can you go from evil to simcha so quickly? That's what this Allah is teaching us. That's only if you understand why there should be avelus in the first place. And he says, certainly that extends uh, to the 10th. That might have been the original design, certainly in a year like this. And certainly, Kavachemer, after Chatzais, throughout the entire day, even though it's Durabanan, it applies to Shkia till Tzais. And he says, the fact that people don't realize it and they start doing all sorts of things after Chatzais, always the defender of Klaes or Rak Masha Ivram, who Kilocholam Bishkogo, Hashem Atavi Chaper Ba'ad. And he ends, And Yiddishkeit is all about knowing when to be happy, when to be sad, when to be happier. Different madrigas of sadness. The godless of Avedis Hashem in terms of our well-being, is the fact that from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep, every single minute of every day or every week is dictated by Chazal, by Shohan. That's a tremendous, tremendous thing, even though sometimes it forces us to think hard and be sad. But we're often most confused. We don't know what to do. Here, the mandate of what we're supposed to be thinking about Tisha B'Av is very, very clear. And that's what the focus in the Kinnis is all about. And we'll begin now, and obviously the main thing is to go over the words and think of the backdrop of what's going on to understand what the Avelis is. Important in terms of the history of how old it is, as we spoke about yesterday, Yemiel Anovi was asked to start giving Nebuah twice a day for 40 years. 40 years before the Chorban was the time of the Malchus of Yoshio HaMelech who as Malchus based David goes, aside from David HaMelech and Shlomo HaMelech was the greatest Tzaddik that there was and he was sort of self-made he came to Baal Tshuva at the age of 8 Baal 
tshuva. He was growing up with ostensibly uh, from people around him, but they tried their hardest, the Rosham of the Dara, to hide from him the real Masera. And at eight years old, he realized that something was very wrong. He started a long and difficult process of getting rid of all the other Zara from Eretz Yisrael, putting in the right people who had the ability to follow Das uh, and he seeked it out. It's important to remember that because the beginning of the end is going to take place, as the Kenna will discuss, in his reign, where the only mistake he makes is the time he doesn't listen to Yirmiyo Anovi, because he thought he had a Pusik in Chumish that said otherwise. This makes it uh, probably the biggest Nisayan of the uh, Tkufa, because Yeridi was not only very firm, it's an understatement, but he was Mashpia on the entire Dara, had successfully gotten rid of most of the Avodah and Pyra wants to go through Eretz Yisrael on his way north to a campaign, tells him to Ferris, sends a shliach, this is not a war against you, it's not about you, we're just passing through, we're going north. And that's good, but to have an army passing through, the army consists of a bunch of chayas all the time. Even if they weren't out to get you, they caused damage. And it was at least very uncomfortable and at, at most uh, extremely dangerous and usually somewhere in between. So Yermio told him, let him through, he's not going to fight you and you're going to be fine. And uh, he asked first, uh, why should I let him through? It says, I'll let him through. I'm king, we have an army. And we're promised in Chumish, and Yemi alluded to the fact, didn't say Befeir, so that's part of the Nisayan, that you're not in the Madrega yet, we're getting there, Klaisel still doing Avodazar behind closed doors, they're tricking you, you don't know about it but keep doing it and you'll get rid of all of them soon. You're 80% of the way there, 90% of the way there, we're not there yet. And therefore, you can't be Samech on this puzzle. And um, he sent his men out and they said, we looked and looked, can't find anything. We mentioned this last year. Each year we try to figure out without figuring out too much because Lamaisa, he made a mistake and he was uh, for... Um, the Havmina, the Maskana, and the damage it will do. Lamaisa, what the Medrash tells us is that he told Yermio that you're saying he can pass through and I shouldn't worry, and Meshra Benu, your Rebbe, says not so. He didn't say that Lakanter. He meant it. He said, I'm looking at Chumish and uh, I always follow the Nevoah until such time that I don't really understand it and it looks like there's a steer. <laughs> he was the greatest melech uh, for many years before and all the years after. So we're not here to Tainan and we wouldn't have done any better. But understand the Nisayan for our Madrega because people come across this all the time in their own decision-making process. Uh, we like to think we follow Das Teira. The only problem is that the one time we find it difficult because we don't understand and we have kashas and we have our own Teirutzim, so then we don't follow. So that really means is that we're never following. When we understand we're following ourselves, we don't understand, so we don't follow. That's not following Das Terry. <laughs> a big difference between the two. And the kasha we asked last year, so why didn't Yemiya just tell him, Beferish, I have an Avua, and there are people behind closed doors. Give them names and addresses. We're not there yet. Prove to him. One example. They won't have any Sayan. The answer is he won't have any Sayan, and Klai Yisrael 
wasn't zeichet to that, and the nisayim by definition is we're missing some information. If we had all the information about every nisayim in life, every decision, there wouldn't be a nisayim. So even though he was the navi, and the navi has the ability to give you information you don't have, he wasn't allowed to give such information, even though he clearly understood from his navua that if I'm telling you to let Pyro and his army through, despite the possible dangers and it's a, it's a scary matzav, then the reason is, is that we're not zeichet to have the promise in the Pasuk. And the Melech didn't accept that. Despite his godless and his accomplishments, he didn't pass this, he goes out to war and he gets killed. And godless, he wanted to stand what makes uh, Gadol the Yisrael a, a Navi like Yirmiya. This is so important for this kin and for the whole theme. I'll show you in a moment why this was the problem in the first place in the Midbar. So Yirmiyo would never even have a Havamina in a Machshava for a fleeting second of, I told you so, like we would. Told him not to go to battle, told him many times, goes out and gets killed immediately. It's the first casualty and the battle was over. And the prior just continued on. But that was the beginning of the end because he was the only person who could really continue to raise a place from. And Yirmiyo, this particular kinna is written by Blaza Kuller, but it paraphrases Tukim and Echa, which are written by Yirmiya. So it's the closest we get to a kinna written by Yirmiya. And he said a hespid on the spot. There was no way I told you so. This is an understanding that this is terrible and I didn't want to be right here. And it's not about me, Yirmiya says. It's about the Zvar Hashem. And this was a mistake not only as a personal tragedy, but this is uh, going to have ramifications for Klai's home. So where it began, the Midbar... There are ten times that Klai Yisrael was Machis HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but Kerech's near success was the fact the Meraglim really did the same thing, and the Kerech Meraglim back-to-back is what caused the Xerah against the entire Dara Midbar, and the night it became a Bechil Deris. So until then, they would stop complaining. We're in the Midbar, there's no water, there's no man, there's no food, the man doesn't taste good. Stop complainers, which is very bad, but Kairach wasn't the heir of Rav. And the Maraglim were handpicked. These are Chashua people already. So when they come back with a Taina, they can't say, Shekel Lagamri, Shekel in Lions, they slaughter for the report. Eitz Yisrael is Navaldic. They said that. That was the opening line. And it was true. Then, instead of reporting the facts, they started saying, however, we think, and there are many Pshatim and what exactly they were Taini, we think we're not in Madrega to go in. We think uh, the Dar Midbar is doing very well. We're learning all day, and let's stay a little longer. And all sorts of Fromatainas, why they shouldn't do the Dvar Hashem. And then they came up with the Taina that sealed their argument and sealed everybody's fate. They had two, picture there, ten Miraglim against two. So, you don't even have to have a Drusha. It's ten against two, so they win. So, Stam, why is Klai still even held accountable? This is Tishabov, the Bechila Deris, because they made the wrong decision. You have 12 Choshova people. Yeshua ben Nun will be the God of Ladar, but you look on the list of when he was picked, he, he wasn't the top. Yet, Kalev is very Choshova. It's 10 against 2, and they were handpicked by Meshra ben. So, how are they supposed to make this decision? This is an important Kasha, because this is what created Tishabov. And Kerach was a uh, master Baldarshan, a brilliant man. Had Kedusha, he was a Nisei Aaron, 
And he said that uh, we're Maminim, we're Bar HaSinai, we said Nasa Nishma, it's all true, and most of what Moshe Rabbeinu said until now was true. However, Moshe Rabbeinu, I will say the words, but this is what Karech said, Moshe Rabbeinu has an agenda, and you see that uh, he gave it to his brother the job, and he gave the job over here and job over there, and so it's not all true, and therefore we want equality, and then he got up and he said everything that every revolutionary always says to get the people excited. But the taina, the Lashon Hara, the vicious Lashon Hara that stuck was that there's an agenda. It's mostly true, because otherwise you won't get away with this argument. But it's not completely true, and here you don't have to listen. So Kerach tried that and succeeded. He almost won. That's how Meshavana had to ask for an unusual nace to swallow everybody up, because it was, it was dangerous. It was toxic at that moment. And the Meraglim came up with the same taina. What did they do to convince people? Ten against two. They don't have to convince anybody. But they knew. The Kleisar already understood that Yeshua ben Nun is the Talmud Mufik Meshavim. That gave him a lot of credibility. So even ten against two, twenty against two, thirty against two, they might lose this argument. So they're really worried. They're worried about Kalev also, but they're really worried about Yeshua. Because he has a lot of sway. They come up with the same taina. You just have to know the Atzasayitza. This comes up throughout the Kinnis because this is what Tishabov is all about. All the mistakes are made on this taina. And that is that we think we should stay and we have very firm reasons for wanting to do so. And the Ruchnius and the Mon, the learning, the Anani Akavit, Mabash Gavali, which do this for at least another 50 years. And the reason Yeshua Benun is arguing with us is because he has an agenda, because there's already a Nevoah that we know about that Christ uh, doesn't go on to his own. He's going to be the leader. Moshe Rabbeinu is not going to live. And he has an agenda, because he wants to be the leader. Therefore, you shouldn't listen to him. That's pretty vicious. The only problem is, had we been standing there, I'm not sure we would have done that much better. They had Bechira, and it was possible to pass this Nisayim, but it was very difficult they already put back the numbers. There's 10 against 2, even though he would have given a lot more weight to Yeshua, but, you know, maybe he has an agenda. And that was the beginning of the end. So, Baruch Hashem, we have no record that Yoshua Yosh, had any taina that Yermio's Rebbe had an agenda over here. He just said, I don't understand the who. Because uh, Meshach Benu says, not so. I can't figure it out. And therefore, I'm not going to listen we spoke yesterday about the Talmud Muvik of Yirmiyah, Baruch ben Riyah, who is not well-known, should be. Rambam in the Agdam at the Yad says that he is the Shashal Sakabal, the Rambam lists, has one name and is based in Perdar. Some of them have two names. Most of them are just one Gavadar responsible for the entire Maseri. So Yirmiyah's Rebbe is Safanya because you knew Hasaga of was, and then Yirmiya, and then Baruch, and then Ezra. So even if you don't know who Baruch is, you know from yesterday, Ezra was his Talmud Muvuk, and Ezra, the Gemara already says, besides the whole Sefer Ezra and Nehemia, was responsible not time for the Maseira, but he brought back Torah and gold by Yashani. So you have Ezra coming from Baruch, and Baruch coming from Yirmiya. As we spoke about yesterday, Baruch had, I can't call it a taina, it wasn't a taina, it's good, but he was sad because he worked his whole life for Nevoah and he never got it. There's an entire parak in Yirmiyah, Nevoah dafka for Baruch, but Baruch didn't receive it, Yirmiyah did, that it's a time where Klai Yisrael is having less yet, the Shemaiah is coming toward a 
Corbin Regalus, and Navua is not increasing, it's decreasing, and it will stop soon, and therefore has nothing to do with you. You're not getting Navua because nobody's getting these Navuas. And whoever had will continue. Yermia, Yechesko, Daniel a little bit, and that's it. However, your job is to survive, go to Bovel, and be the Rebbe of Klai Yisrael, and create an Israel Sefer so they can bring them back. That there's no taller order for anybody. He's asked to be the Mani. <coughs> so that, you know from yesterday, where it gets uh, really very, very sad, is that after Horben Bayes Rishon, you would imagine if we were there, we'd learn our lesson. Maybe, maybe it'd be from people going to Bovo, or people in Bovo, to my knowledge, have no record of doing any of Avodah at all. The Shaila we raised, I don't have an answer. Why do you have to daven Asher against the village and Vatu Vietzahara for Avodah Zarah, the beginning of Ayesheni? Nobody was doing any Avodah Zarah in Bovo. It's quite clear from the Psukim, it didn't exist. The entire thing that caused the Chorban was gone. They learned their lesson. That's the people who went to Bovel, Cherish Lamaska went, community was built up, and they sat and they learned there. They did very well in Ruchmias. Etisral was a different story. We know that Gedali ben Achikim was a big tzaddik. He was appointed by Nebuchadnezzar to keep control of whoever was staying there. Anybody who was there didn't have much power, but they needed revenue, tax revenue. So any conqueror leaves people in the land so they can work the land and pay the taxes or destroy everything. So he put Gedalia ben Achikim in charge. Gedalia was a tzaddik trying to do the right thing. And as we know from the Psukim and from San Gedalia, that the Hemshech of the Chorban, part of Tishabov, the Chorban wasn't finished yet. The next part was the murder of Gedalia and the rest of the people now going to be thrown in disarray. So what happens next? They kill Gedalia. He didn't listen to Lashon Hara. Everybody's familiar that there's a Gemara that says you can never talk Lashon Hara, listen to Lashon Hara, and you've got to run away. However, somebody's out to get you, you've got to listen. The Gemara is a bit overused and overquoted. That's the heter. Everybody says, I, I don't want to hear Lashon Hara. However, you've got to protect yourself. That's a rare occasion. The Gemara points it out that as the leader, he had to give it some credence. Stop for a moment to think, why was he reluctant to give it credence? He was a very smart person, a big tzaddik. The answer is, he's coming from a Chorban where the Pesukim we just saw, Naftar, we just read, talks a lot about Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara, Chitzim. He knew that. So he was trying to bend it the other way and say, this is not the time, even when I, in normal times, I should be cheshish for it, this is not the time. So he overdid it a little bit. It was a mistake on his part. It goes down in history as the Sadiq Asadilam. And he killed on Kiddush Hashem. But the worst is yet to come. After he was killed, the Rashaim who killed him were now worried. Bali Bitachan, they weren't. They wouldn't have killed him in the first place. We're now very concerned that Nebuchadnezzar is going to be upset. They just killed his governor. That's uh, Marie de Bamalchus. And he's going to come and he's going to kill whoever's left. And they were very nervous. So they said, a not so brilliant idea. Let's go down to Mitzrayim. There are allies. Famous last words. And we're going to be safe over there. We can't stay here in Israel. So Yirmiyo Anavi is still there with them, getting the vuas. This is a parak in Yirmiyo. And Yirmiyo turns to them and says, I understand your reaction. Nebuchadnezzar is angry. You should have thought that beforehand. But Lamaisa, Kayamar Hashem, 
stay here, you'll be protected, it's still safer here, Mitzrayim is going to be a disaster, do not leave Eretz Yisrael, Yezecha to stay, stay! Be ready for this reaction. Couldn't, this is after the Horvim, after they just killed Gedalia, and the people killed them, ran to Jordan somewhere. But the Ham and Am that were there were very scared, and they wanted to do a shtadlis. They said, let's run, so it's a good Havamini, you can ask, ask the Rebbe, ask them, and he said, I don't know, probably said that, and let's see the Dvar Hashem. The Dvar Hashem was clear. Stay in Eretz Yisrael. Do not go to Mitzrayim. So the people didn't listen. Not only didn't they listen, they said, we're going, and then they told Yirmiyo and Baruch, his Talmud, that you're coming with us. They said, no, we're not. Hashem said, stay here. And they said, we're forcing you to come. They forced them at gunpoint, Kehilu, to come with them to Mitzrayim. Now, just picture, understand the mindset over here. They're not listening to the Navi. They're going to Mitzrayim. They don't want to stay in Israel, But they don't want to go without their Rebbe because you need protection. It sounds like a steeritas. Sounds kind of funny. But uh, again, we're not claiming if we were there, we would have done better. We hope we would. But this is a very sad human condition. He's your Rebbe. You want, you want schoolers and you want the Shmuel as your Rebbe just to listen to him. He just said the Tvar Hashem. That when I just did, we know better. So, yet there's still worse to come. So how can they say that? What's that taina? We hear, Kairach had a taina, the Vaishra Abedma had an agenda, Rahmad al-Islam. And Ragnam Atayna, Yeshua Banun has an agenda. Both of which were catastrophic and were suffering ever since. So what are they going to come up with now? What agenda? Yermiel has been giving them Musa, being harassed and almost killed multiple times. And Baruch by his side. That was Baruch's sadness. I'm getting harassed and almost getting killed with my Rebbe. I should at least get Nevoa. And the answer was, no, that's not Yatachus. But they were in danger. They had sacrificed everything they had for 40 years for Kali Yisrael. What's their agenda? What's the, what's the time over here? So believe it or not, they came up, this on Chazal, they came up with a taina that really was supposed to go down to Mitzrayim. That would be the logical thing to do. However, Yirmiya is telling us not to because this Talmud Baruch told him not to because he can only get Nevu in Eretz Yisrael and therefore he wants to stay. Can you imagine? This is the Acharei Kachlai Sakol. It's beyond evil. It's just, it's, it's beyond, uh, it's Krumkite with, with Rishus, with Atzlus, with Chisarani uh, B'Tachar, all wrapped in one. But they have to live with themselves. They come up with the answer. Oh, it must be that wasn't really the Nevuah. There's already Kaifer B'divrei Navi, who's Muhsuk and everything he said, every single thing about the Horvath came true so far. He says, no, it must be coming from his Talmud, and he has an agenda, he wants to stay in Eretz Yisrael. Why? So this they understood. Everybody knows he's going to get Nevuah in Eretz Yisrael, and everybody knew he's waiting for Nevuah, and therefore he convinced the Rebbe to tell us to stay. It was the Sheker Muchut. But uh, they wanted to live with themselves. How are they, so instead of admitting that, you know what, this is the whole cause of the Horban, the whole cause of the mistake of the Midbar and everything in between, why don't we just start listening? But that's easier said than done. These people, the Yitzhahar, the independence, that I'm not listening, I've got to think it through myself. And they forced Yirmiya and Baruch to go down to Mitzrayim. He got, Yirmiya gets another Navua that now they're all going to be destroyed. Vuchanetzer, who had no plans beforehand, his emperors don't have their own plans. It's a classic example. Nebuchadnezzar had plenty to do. He's conquering the rest of the world. The only other semi-superpower was Mitzrayim. He had no interest in, in starting up now, and he had no interest in turning the army south. 
And from one day to the next, after they went to Mitzrayim, Nebuchadnezzar turned south, invades Mitzrayim, destroys the entire country, and kills all the Yidin there that went down. The only two that survived were Yirmiya and Baruch, who go to Bavel. So Yirmiya takes no Nechama in being right again, in being vindicated. The godless over here is as he's walking, he's picking up limbs and bloodied path to Bavel, and he's picking it all up, and he's kissing the, the fingers that they cut off, and he's, he's in Avelis again, even though he knew it was coming, because he loves Klai Yisrael. That's also an important lesson over here. Focuses by Shani, but there's plenty of this for Bayez Rishon. The sin of Shinem is not, you can't oppose people who are opposing Torah and Mitzvahs. You have to oppose them. You have to oppose them, you have to love them at the same time. The fact that they're Rishonim and they cause the Chorban doesn't mean that that's not a cause for sadness when they die. Well, it's nothing to do with the other. And that's what Yirmiya is all about. And he says this parak after parak, and that's why it's so long. <coughs> they point out that if you look in Yirmiya, if you have time this afternoon, uh, people ask me, what can they learn? You have enough to learn for the next hundred years if every day was Tisha B'Av Islam. Just learning Yirmiya. And all of Musar and Kalatera Kula is in there. But he puts the parak about the Nevoah of Baruch, that he's not getting Nevoah and he shouldn't worry about it. He puts that parak next to the conversation with these people who are slapping them to Mitzrayim. What's it doing over there? <coughs> he already gave up on having Nevoah like 40 years before. So first Shem say, the Malbim says this, that it's put there because that's where they came up with their ridiculous taina that the only reason Yemi doesn't want to go is Baruch still wants a chance of getting Nevoah. And the parak lists the favorites, the conversation in the Nevoah about him. Decades before, he had already accepted it. It was Makabal. That's not his role in life. And he gave up on it. Had no shaykhis to anything. So, the Melachavi here has no agenda. He just, Lamaisa doesn't listen. And that's what the entire kina and Avelis is all about. You know, the kina Yud Zion is one of the most uh, graphic in terms of the violence that caused Bayashani, but Bayashani as well. The internal violence, we know, because we have more of a record in Bayashani, of the description of the uh, Beryanim and the other groups of people who were only not following uh, but they were following the most uh, cruel rule book of anybody fighting a a battle. They turned on their own people. They took whatever tiny morsel of bread that they had to go house to house stealing it and killing the people if necessary. This is in Yerushalayim. No one was leaving, no one was coming in, and the few self-anointed and self-appointed Giberim decided that uh, they're not giving up. It was all about their covet. It was all about, at that point, uh, their power. And we know him by Shani Rabbi Yechim was in the city. Their Echneis managed to uh, get out and, and save the only thing that mattered in the Hemshech HaKlai and that is the Maseru. That was the Pshat in the Avner HaKachamel. Despite that, uh, he was more than uh, uncomfortable if you use the word, not asking for Yishalayim and the Gemara, the Sivir Gidden. It talks about it has two shitas whether or not he was right that asking for Yavna Chachamah was certainly correct. The question is, can he also ask for Yishalayim? So one shita said, of course not. The, the whole battle is being fought for years at great loss to the Romans. 
not going to stop now. And uh, if you ask for that, they're just going to get angry. You're going to get nothing, <coughs> which uh, is quite possible as the Pashup shot in history. Uh, Rabbi Kiva says, for the discussion of Adas Terra 20 minutes ago, Rabbi Kiva is not coming to Taina, Riechem, and Zakai. He's saying that if it's Pashat that be a Horbun, then the leading Godel, as opposed to the self-appointed leaders who were Rishayim, is going to give the Psak, and the Psak is going to be correct, because that's what's in Hashem. Yechamed Zakai, as a Tzaddik and a Ish Chesed, was still bothered at Tzav Yemov, did he do the best he could because he was an anav and there's nothing wrong with struggling with uh, self-doubt in the tshuva process if it doesn't impede your decision-making process. And that's an important insight. <laughs> there are many people who think it's the Yitzhah They're constantly not decisive and constantly doubting themselves and they can't function. And because of that, whenever they're about to do something good, they start questioning and therefore they can't make a decision. That's not Ratzon Hashem. You've got to make a decision, and if you're responsible for so you've got to make a decision. Rabbi Yechem Zakai knew that, and that's what made him Rabbi Yechem Zakai. And it was the right decision, either because it was the right decision because the Romans wouldn't give Yushalayim anyway, or it was the right decision because maybe they would have, but Yushalayim, the base Midrash, was a shell at that point, and there's no tachlis if no one's doing tshuva. Either way, people, when they're looking at the Gemara, you put that with the Gemara Brochus, where the only Gadol reported in Shas as he was dying to say, I don't know if I'm going to Gehenna and Gan Eden, is Ebechem and Zakai, Allah Dabrahu. It's a very unusual thing. He didn't know who he was. Mesha didn't know who he was. He's a tremendous honor, they knew who he was. He doesn't know what Be'ezadeh Malichim, he was crying. So sometime it was because of this decision. That's a godless. He didn't, if you'd ask him, should you have not made the decision, he said, no, no, the decision had to be made and I was in charge. I just hope I'm not personally going to pay for it. Two different things, and people confuse the two. One is just being frozen in life and not being able to decide anything. The other one is that I want the Achrayas. The last Kavna Rov, the Dvar of Rome, was alive when they made the ghetto. And they came to him with all the Shailas. They were starting to the Gestapo. Mashamam was going to ask for lists, and they told the... Uh, the council there, we want X amount of people, and we want everybody to sign up, and then Shaila Mamish of Dina Nefoshis, which will last for the next five years. Dina Nefoshis, you need 23 day on the Paschal Dina Nefoshis, and that's in a case where it's pretty clear the guys of Otsayach are never ever Nope. So we look back and we say there couldn't have been a bigger Pesik to handle such a Shaila than the Kavna Rav. He didn't think so. He kept crying, and he was, he was an old sick man with Baruch Hashem, his full Kalim, and Capable of Paskin, but he kept telling them, I can't pass to the Shaila. Now I'm sitting here without sperm, under pressure, everybody's uh, starving. And rightfully so, they came back to him and they asked him to pass him the Shaila. It's not a steer. You can understand that this is the most difficult thing you have to do and still make a decision. One has nothing to do with the other. And the Rav Kovna understood that, as did Rav Nachim Zemba in Warsaw. Whatever the Pesach was, for a different year, we started discussing that two years ago, but uh, a little bit, little bit overdone and has uh, nafkaminas, uh, just how much he actually supported and uh, suggested the rebellion or not, or somewhere in between. There's room for that, but 
whatever it is, it was under very pressured circumstance. And uh, Rav Moshe, who survived the war, who wrote up the treatises afterwards, was the youngest Rav in Kovna, and soon to be the only Rav in Kovna. He was in his 20s. He said the same thing. He said, I have no Sfarim. They asked him after they were in the camps already. He said, I have no Sfarim here. Right? And they said, Rabbi, I have no Sfarim. But uh, he said, what we have, so we've got to know what to do. So that's a godless, um, you know, we've been speaking about people who didn't make the right decision. Kleistral, by and large, from people that were there, not big with from, had an instinct for understanding that this is a very pressurized situation and we can't call it quits and go to the rest of the to the end. It's not a taina on the noshim, periyam, tipuchim, if they're eating them, cooking them, they didn't kill them, by the way. These are dead people. And probably mutter al pitin. The kin is just reporting how tragic it was. I'm not tiny on anybody over here. So, you think of imagery from the Holocaust, you think of people, most of these stories are actually within the uh, horrific facts being said over, actually inspiring that the Hamanam understood that there's a psak over here and nobody wants to be dealing with the Shaila, nobody wants to make decisions, but we have to find out what Ratzon Hashem is. That's uh, unbelievable. And pressure like that, uh, there, and there are others who said, uh, I'm not even asking, and uh, <coughs> keeping basic Betachon Amun was difficult, but there were plenty of Yidin, many of you sitting here, it was your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, but they passed. The fact that uh, it was reported by the people making decisions that uh, they felt that they're not up to the task, that's after they said it once, twice, when they realized there's nobody else to do it, then they dealt with the Shailu. One Maisa that always stuck in my mind, in the camps there were already hundreds of uh, children locked up to be sent to the gas chambers. And they already had, they had unfortunately, uh, in their sadistic way, a very systematic thing. So they had a thing at, at 8 o'clock in the morning, you lock everybody up. They had a whole system. So they knew already from the Simonim that uh, by tomorrow morning they were going to be taken away. But the block was already sealed. And number one, the children ranging from five years old to teenager, the teenagers already, Haiva you know, knew what was coming, and they begged somebody to come blow Schaefer. Schaefer is not, uh, as you say, has that mutter, it's going to get people killed. They were all marked for death, and Psach seemed to have been, because people don't criticize what happened here, and it's Hezber, it's how you make an effort for matzah, it's a mitzvah mitzvah is not your harvayavah, so how you make an effort for that? So part of the answer is, if you have nothing to lose, and everybody's a gavagatila anyway, come out 99% of the people, especially in a like this, within a few hours there, being taken, so then if you could do another mitzvah and dial Kish Hashem, then that's the right thing to do. The question is, the person coming in to blow Shafer has got to get out, was risking his life. Second part of it is that he understood that he's also a Gavrik Tila, and if he has a chance to be Chazak Yidin, then so be it. And you have to ex- use that Yisoy to explain a lot of things that are incredibly inspirational. We looked at a Tafel fella they were, can even function. And they make calculated decisions to do things based on Ratzon Hashem, even though it took extra bravery when no one can even move. So the Seichat Varm, they're getting somebody to come in and blow Shafer. He's risking his life. And that particular Maisa, he got in and he got out. He survived the war, the person who went in. We know the story from him. The kids were taken away. They did not survive. 
it was a father who came up to Ravoshri during this whole back and forth like a few hours and he said I have money hidden still in the camps and I have the ability to bribe the guard and ransom him and get him out what's the shayla? you have the ability how we got it in there you have the ability you have the ability he said, the, it's a double push that the Nazis, the Nazi guard will take the money and tell me that you can only bring me the money if you bring me another kid. Because there's a number here, and they checked the numbers. The Nazis were, the Machshamam incredibly uh, capable of doing that. And if somebody's missing, I'm going to get killed, and I'm not doing it for all the money in the world. So... He came to ask Ashayla, am I allowed to do this? He said, Chayecha Kegmin. It's, it's his son. <coughs> the other hand, there are pretty clear Makaris over here that if it's a sick ratio, it's obvious they're going to have to grab somebody else. And he was told, either come with somebody else or I'm taking somebody else on the spot. If that's a Dover Pusha, then you can't do it. See, here's one of the only people around with money to be able to get his son out. And he asked the Shaila, knowing that he's going to listen to the answer, and he listened to the answer. His son was left there, didn't survive, and the person asked the Shaila survived the war. Probably in that schluss. It's hard to imagine. Most people would say, you know, this is a Shaila, I can't handle the answer, I better not ask the Shaila. But he asked. So, the backdrop of this canon of Telchon and Nash Imperium. The fact that they had to resort to that is actually halachically, is actually warranted. The fact that they were in that matzav is what the kinnon and what the avelis is all about. The Biyanim and Bayesheni basically had a reign of terror. After it was the Dabra Pasha, they couldn't win this war. They put on some mantle of uh, neo nationalism and then said, We're going to fight down to the end which is not the Astera, the same problem in Masada, same exact thing, they cut and paste that, that was part of the same group of gangsters who started doing it for covenant money, continued with covenant money, and then they dressed it up as nationalism. Ralph Hudner in Pachet Yitzchak has a very fascinating uh, insight. He's talking about the things that the Goyim co-opted and they sort of borrowed from us, which Christianity and later Islam did to the full extent. They borrowed everything they have. It's a Yiddishkeit. They just left 90% of it. They didn't want to do all the mitzvahs. He says they not only took some mitzvahs and then took the uh, PR assumption, which they said over and over and over at the time, and since then, that we're the Jews and we're taking over, and they try to spread around the world. They also took various nuances of Minhagim. And the Lashon over here is um, very penetrating. He's talking about Rabbi Kivieger's uh, noticing that we don't daven today like this, which if you've noticed, we don't. Most people don't. It's not Osir, that place can hold its mutter still. They're Makaris and Tanakh, that people, great people did that. The others and others... Uh, but davening Daniel, Bob, the priest is here dying. 
And the minute today is we don't. Rabbi Kivega brings it down, the Be'er Sheva brings it down, there's a shy love. Maybe at this point, the Schut saying to do a dafka like them. So we shy away from it. It's not strictly us or there are others who defend it. So Hudna wants to know where this came from. So he ties it in with this Tkufa, with the Be'yanim, with Bayashani. Listen to his Lashem. Kasav Shemishashi Yisrael Hishtamshu Bakal Yaakov Lishpach Dom Ke'adom. The time when Klai Yisrael started acting like Edom, like Esav, and spilling blood, which is, Gilarash Shvichasdam Vodazar and Bayez Mishan also, but the main thing was in Bayezhen, the Shvichasdam and the Sinus Chinim. And once we co opted that, Hischel Edom Lishtamesh Bidei Esav, the Tfila Babate Tiflisim, the Pelot. He says, they co-opted and their tefillah wasn't also this. This is their main mode of davening, <coughs> a prayer. And they took that so they could look more Jewish than the Jews. That's their whole theme. And he says, the rise of Christianity and this mode of prayer was started and co-opted at the time the Beryanim ascended to power by Shani before the Chorban, at the Chorban, after the Chorban. Only a footnote can come up with a tushel like this, but uh, think about it. It's the same time the rise of Christianity was at this Tkufa. And because we were acting like Esau, they had the ability to co-opt the Adayim that we should have been using in Tfilah instead of killing everybody. And then from there on, they took it. And he says, it's incredible Lashem, Azashi Amatsi Shah Meshvichas Damim, Bechorben Bayashani. And they used it in prayer, which is our word, Kol Yaakov. And this is Mamish Chazal's mention of the Chazir, puts his split hoofs to pretend we're the real things. So they use it literally with their hands in their... Base Tifla and their prayer services, Laheresh Hutar Edom Daimila Adam. Chanichov and their followers are Imrim Anu Yisrael Insulahem. They adopted Signan Atfila Shalzeri Yaakov. And he says that's why Abikivega and Besheva already report that this fell out of use in Klai Yisrael because it was co opted and corrupted by them. And that's why we don't use it. And he says the problem came from Khurban Bayashani when Yushalayim was fighting a battle they shouldn't be fighting holding Rabbi Yechem and al-Chamim captive and destroying Yushalayim by fighting instead of doing tshuva. There's a very uh, important kin of Rabbi Singit and the um, <coughs> contrast of Mitzaytzi Yushalayim, Mitzaytzi Mitzrayim, the potential and the results of the mistakes. So if you look Almost toward the end, you'll see, that's the big wave mark, you'll see one of them is Allah Yishmaelim Machanas Arelim Mitzesim Yushalayim. And the expectation here of Klai Yisrael, brought down in the Tanhuma, that when Klai Yisrael was going into Golis, they asked the officers of the Panessa to take them via the route of the Yishmaelim. Yishmaelim always living in the general area. 
and the surrounding border areas, and they asked them to go near them so they can get some help. They were very thirsty, they were very hungry, and hoping, we look today, like what was the Havamina? Shmuelim uh, today have uh, continued to show their uh, hatred and kinna for Klayisrael, but apparently they had a Havamina that uh, they would help them, and when they went by, they Taka pretended to help them, and they brought out food, consisted of salty fish, and they didn't eat because they were so hungry, hoping of course they would have plenty to drink. Afterwards, they gave them these canteens, these flasks, which supposed to have water, and they had nothing but air, and that caused a tremendous amount of tsar and killed many, many people. So the whole thing was premeditated now. The stance and the response of the Goyen is a pretty bleak record. Look at all the kinnists, they're all about the destruction, the havoc, and murder, and rampage of the Goyen and the various pogroms and the like. And the fact that, perhaps out of desperation, they looked at the Ishmaelites as uh, cousins, and therefore, well, Esau was also cousins, but that most of the time didn't help too much. The notable exceptions are for good reason in terms of Hakar Satayv, in terms of motivating people to help, which you never needed again, but places that uh, describe and give awards uh, and give plaques to the Hasidim Asaylam so we mentioned in past years the word Hasidim Asaylam, the phrase, is actually uh, more than a bit overdone and it's not halachically or shkafically correct. The Rambam says, in the two gears within this Rambam, that if somebody recognizes the Amanifcher and certainly therefore helps them, the Rambam doesn't talk about that part, but does, does the right thing in life and keep the Zion mitzvahs because the Gosh Baruch Hu said so. The Ramam says even that, we're happy they're staying out of trouble, we're happy they're not doing damage, and certainly better than nothing. But the Ramam says that they're not Hasidim Yom as Lushan over there, one gear says, he might be a smart guy, he figured out there is a code and a path and a rule book. And the other gear the Ramam is, uh, don't give credit for that either, because if they're missing the main component, that the reason you have to keep it is not because you think it's morally correct, you think it's right, it's because the Baruch was mitzavet, and the Baruch gave the mitzvahs, the Zion mitzvahs at Hasinai, not Tanayach, and that was the original version. Everything was from Hasinai, we became the Amen Ifcher Mechayiv and Tayyach mitzvahs, they became Umasaylam in terms of Zion mitzvahs. You have to keep it because the Baruch told Moshe Rabbeinu, that's the Ramam Bloshim. Otherwise, they're not Hasidim Umasaylam. Now, with that said, we'll take whatever friends we can get, and whoever helps out deserves schar, and a kashbaruch make a pass schar And that's why the minute became, we publicly recognize it, we want to encourage it, and we want their help. And we'll take help almost from anybody. Different schmooze, not for now, but sometimes reaching out to people who have, speaking of agendas, but real agendas, uh, their help uh, sometimes should be suspicious, and sometimes is downright ulcer. And there's what more to say on that for the rest of the year. One example, many examples in the Holocaust, which they fared well in terms of what happened in the story of the Maisa, they were saved. You've got to give a lot of credit that people put themselves in danger. 
And the Ishmaelim pretended to do that in order to kill more people. There were plenty of Nazi and Nazi sympathizers that did that as well. They took money, told them they were going to save them, and then turned them in. There was plenty of that. The Echidim who saved people and did the brave thing, going to get schar, they're not Hasidim Israelim if they did it for humanitarian reasons, because then they're relying on their own shittas in life. If they did it for religious reasons, but the wrong religion, that's even worse. Again, we'll take it. Allah Almaisa, it's not that asking you to bow down to Avodah to do that. And if you're hiding and pretending you're a Christian and you're not doing anything that's saying you're accepting Avodah Zarah, it's also Muthram was done a lot during the Holocaust. Many of the stories, a particular one that uh, comes to mind, there was somebody in a certain village and they reached out to the chief Galach and he actually used it in a sermon around December time and told the people that people in the village starving and you got to bring them food. And he tied it in with whatever you can imagine he tied it in during a sermon around December time and told them to do the right thing. So the good news is they did, they brought over the food. We know the story because the people survived. They're going to get schar for that. The other news is, is that you don't need the Rambam to explain that they're not Hasidim Asahilum if in many of those cases... Going to their mind at that point, and maybe the Galach really held with the Amanifka, we have to help them out, and just told this constituents in a way they're going to do it. So I'm not here to uh, judge on that, but you have to understand that most of it came from the fact that if they're going to save Yidin, it's because it ties in with their Krumah Hashkaf Sachayim, and it's self serving. Uh, we have a lot of friends in this country who uh, form big political blocks and are friendly to the uh, state of Israel, and we'll take whatever friends we can get. Just know, and it's important because otherwise you get too chummy, it's part of their religion, and it's a pretty nefarious plot in terms of the evangelical part of things. And that's why the Rambam says, let me buy if they're trying to ultimately do damage and prove their point, which won't be proven, but they have an agenda there are times, luckily, you could take the help and you thank them. You could genuinely thank them for the human side of helping out, and that's not to be lost. And that did happen sporadically in the Holocaust, Baruch Hashem. Also understand to know who your friends are, who your friends aren't. And this medrash is particularly hurtful because here they weren't asking them to take a political position. They asked their captors, bring us via the Ishmaelim, and we just want some food and some handouts. The captors were agreeable to that unless they also knew of this plan to kill everybody, but it's not Muchuch for the Medrash. So already over there, you're not agreeing or disagreeing with any religion, you're not getting too comfortable, you just want some food and some drink, be normal, be human. And they expected that of the Ishmaelim, and they didn't even get that. So even when you have situations where they did the right thing, they did human thing, you give the credit, but you have to understand hashkafically, often it's coming from a place where there's an agenda in terms of spreading of Arazara and spreading falsehood, and that's part of the Gaul's conditions that we even have to, luckily, we must take help from people like that, certain situations, and that's part of the very Bidiev and Gaul's conditions.